The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, our callers, and guests, and do not necessarily represent those of the society, its management, or our advertisers. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Welcome to Samsense, the show that dives deep into the fascinating world of management. I'm one of your hosts, Allie, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey of exploration and discovery. In each episode, we'll unravel complexities, share thought-provoking insights, and engage in captivating conversations with experts and enthusiasts in the management realm. This podcast is designed to both educate and entertain. Joined with me today are my co-hosts, Patrick, Hank, and Wesley. Welcome to our podcast. So remember when you see, I almost feel like I have to get old timey here. Remember when you used to come home from school and you were all excited to watch cartoons and, and they said, this afternoon, there's a very special episode of blah, blah, blah. And it was always awful. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yep. yes. Well, welcome to our very special episode, Patrick. That will not be <laughs> awful. Whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. That will not be awful. Yeah, of course. I you can't like, preface by saying, oh, remember when it was a special episode and it was awful? Well, here's our special episode. You're insinuating that it's going to be awful. It's not going to be awful. Well, well, let's see, because we're this is getting sprung on us. So this could go. <laughs> okay. This could, okay. To be fair, this could go I, anyway. I guess that is true. The, here's here's your disclaimer, everyone. No one except for me knows what we're going to talk about. So it's going to be a a wild show here as we uh, we get some on the fly off-the-cuff remarks here. Uh, today's special episode is a From the Mailbag. Oh, ooh, so we've so, really made it. So <laughs> about two and a half weeks ago, we sent out an email to all of the members of our organization, and we solicited some management questions ooh. that we're going to have our podcast team here give their answers to so was it like any, trivia or like it's not <laughs> it wouldn't that you'd be lucky if that was trivia yeah. <laughs> are, that easy right are some real thought-provoking questions that um that are real life scenarios here that uh that our own members are kind of experiencing so oh. so so before we jump into it do we do we need a full disclaimer on it, this it, Yes, we are we are not responsible for any harm to employees based on our advice. <laughs> the opinions you hear are those of the hosts and not necessarily the organization, its advertisers, sponsors, affiliates, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that was very good. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I was a, I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess let's let's get started let's with go. this metaphorical mailbag. So let's dive right in here. Uh, I have a very passive aggressive boss who struggles to share what we need and when we need it. They really expect me to read their mind. This is to say, if I was a mind reader, I'd certainly be in a totally different work environment. Fair. When things finally reach their boiling point in the office, as they often do, it's just chaos. We're expected to call clients multiple times a day and push them to make financial decisions, and it comes across very unprofessional. They say that people quit bad bosses, and I'm almost there, but when I started with this company, I expected this to be my final career uh, move. How can I communicate my dissatisfaction with my boss at their communication style without sacrificing my career? So who wants to <laughs> who wants to tackle that little nugget right there? Right, what that oh. just went really deep end, real fast. Wow, it did. Well, well, you couldn't have. If this is the first question, hopefully they get easier versus harder. Um, but so so right off the bat, um, you know, I would say the first thing you need to do is when you have the conversations. Send what we would in lovingly refer to in the olden days as a CYA email. Mm -hmm. um, you can Google what that means. But what we actually is so, okay, we had this conversation and then say, hey, dear, dear supervisor, we had this conversation. This is what I heard you say you want me to do. Sincerely, employee. And I think what that starts is it just starts a, a train 
of if you do that repeatedly, right? You're gonna have you're gonna have a list of all of the things that you should be doing, and then you know during any performance reviews or doing anything like that, you have some type of documentation to support. Like I'm trying to engage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the sad fact is, the reality is, what do most companies do? Most of the companies assume the supervisor's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also add, like, when you're in that conversation, make sure you're repeating it back and paraphrasing it as well. So along with that follow-up email afterwards, per our conversation, these are the takeaways, blah, blah, blah. But when you're in front of the person having that discussion, just paraphrase it, repeat it. And if you repeat it and it's incorrect, one would assume they say, oh, no, 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 this is what I want instead as well. So that should always... Um, always give you clarification too. You know, one of the first things that came to my mind, and maybe this isn't to this point quite yet, but I oftentimes think of the importance of having a neutral third party available in the room whenever you have these types of conversations, somebody who can say that, you know, that you're, you're, you, you made a good effort, the other person was listening, you know, like you're, you're able to kind of moderate the conversation in a way that doesn't seem impartial to either side. Um, so, I, and I don't know, you know, some, some companies might frown upon, uh, and some managers might frown upon you immediately trying to ask for, uh, you know, an extra person to be inside the room. Maybe it's not quite to that point yet, but that's certainly maybe a tool you have in your tool bag just down the line. Um, but it, it seems like you're in a, a situation here where you need need to do exactly what you're talking about. Everything needs to be documented. You need to be having those conversations regularly about what are the expectations and communicating. Um, it, it really seems like you as the employer are going to have to go into communication kind of overload, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to compensate for what you're not getting from your from your manager. I actually had a, a former boss of mine. Um, she worked with a person that was like this, very, very passive aggressive. Uh, and it got to the point that this she was on the verge of quitting and leaving um and i'm not necessarily recommending this but this is something that that she did because she was so paranoid um and she'd been with the company for dozens of years at, at this point she actually and you have to check your individual state regulations regarding that but they sell pens that actually you, so like while you're writing it down, will actually record conversations that are happening in the room. So she could document, you know, if, if push came to shove, mm-hmm. this passive aggressive, nasty behavior. Now each state, obviously there's recording consent laws and, and things like that that come into play. Mm-hmm. But when I heard the phrase passive aggressive, I, do you, at the end of the day, how much you really wanna work for this company? If you're really, if you're miserable and, you know, for me, um, I've had a couple of runs in my career where they asked me to do something that was, you know, questionable, questionable. And I flat out said, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And you can let, you can get rid of me. I don't care because at the end of the day I have to sleep, you know, I have to put my hand on the pillow and be able to go to sleep. That's true. And I couldn't and, and I couldn't do it. So I would suggest to the to the emailer how like is there can you transfer? How like can you do a different role within the company? Mm-hmm. Um, if you really love that company. And if this person's really treating you that badly, you don't want to be there. You talk to also talk to HR. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, odds are it's not just you. Right. And that was kind of the direction I was headed in when I talk about a, a neutral third party. I mean, the reality is, too, and, and this is maybe the silver lining, if there is a silver lining, if if this is occurring to other people, as it likely is, chances are that manager is not going to be there for very long. Uh, I mean, that that's that's not always the case. <laughs> it's not always the case at all. That's a very, very bold assumption. That, it yeah. is a bold assumption. But chances are, you know, it, it's it's probably not a long-term thing. I don't know that. You know, I, I've certainly seen it play out that way in organizations where you, you, exactly that, that person's in it for the long run. But if you're this close to, uh, from what it sounds like, this close to maybe a retirement situation, I believe is kind of what I felt out of that or, or a, an exit path, maybe there's a possibility to work your way through it. But don't stay if it truly is getting toxic to that point. Yeah, and there's one thing that's, also important, check your local employment laws because here's 
you know, I can tell you in Rhode Island, if I as an individual go into an office and complain about my boss as an individual, hmm. I can be fired and there's basically essentially not, not it's I you know, because in Rhode Island's in that will state, they can just get rid of you for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But there is a caveat within our, our in our state's particular law where if two people go to complain about a boss, that's what's labeled as a concerted effort to change working conditions. Mm-hmm. And the company is forbidden to essentially come back at you and retaliate in that particular instance. So if there is somebody who's experiencing it too, if you both go, then you also have some type of employment protection, but double check your own individual state's laws. Yeah, I think I think basically just from the way that the the question is really worded, the the time to look at some kind of transition is really well indicated there. They they know that this person is a bad boss and they know that they don't enjoy their passive aggressive style. And by complaining about um, something to that manager, it's likely that that is that is not going to come back with a I don't know favorable end for lack of a better term. Uh, so I think that while this person is like I I just don't like my boss. Uh, do you really enjoy the work? If the work that you're being forced to do you feel is unprofessional and how you're doing it while you're chasing people at the end. Mm-hmm. So while there might be an opportunity for you to rework your workflow or do something to be proactive and, you know, try to guess what your manager wants since they're not being great at communicating it, it may just be time for you to look at transitioning into another career path, possibly just an offshoot of where you're at or, you know, transferring in the company into a different division or maybe a different leadership team or something to that effect. But I think that's that's kind of where we where we land with this one is sometimes it's okay to just transfer or do something different. Um, you know, especially in this day and age, your, um, your labor is a commodity that a great many organizations are interested in having. So, and, and, you know, I think the one piece, and I don't want to extend this any more than what we have to, but I think there was a period in time in which rapid movement on your resume was a concern for employers. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have evolved past that time. That's my personal opinion. It may not be seen everywhere. But I think we've evolved past that where seeing a tenure of two to three years or, or, you know, or roughly that on a resume doesn't necessarily concern a hiring manager. So if, if that is a concern that, you know, you have uh, and that's holding you back from moving on from your position, maybe um, maybe that shouldn't be such a concern. Absolutely. Okay. Are you ready for the next one? I don't know, because that first <laughs> one is pretty tough. <laughs> All right. Well, is the next one? What's our favorite color? No. Oh, okay. No. It's magenta. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Oh. <laughs> Specific. Don't psychoanalyze me. <laughs> I mean. Oh, that was done a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's periwinkle. Uh, <laughs> is it weird if I just say blue now? <laughs> Well, is that it, does seem basic, yes. Is it blue or is it chartreuse? <laughs> <laughs> or is it cerulean? We'll go turquoise. Turquoise. Ooh, good choice. All right, all right, all right Reminds me of the ocean. Let's go. So mine is actually turquoise. <gasps> what? Oh. Yes. So High I think it because it reminds me of like ocean water. Yeah. Um, so I, I just really... said that. Wait, was that what you said? <laughs> It's almost Cute. like we're not listening to each other. I swear, Episode one I of when the podcast hosts aren't listening. Hey, um, I said can, it reminded re- me of the ocean. Can we revisit Not the Rhode first... Island oceans because that water's not turquoise. <laughs> I swear I did not hear that. Can, can we revisit the first question? If there are any other podcasts out there looking for a host, um, please let me know. <laughs> Am I being fired? No, no he's I'm firing leaving. himself. Oh, you're leaving. I'm leaving because of you two. Because we're just so in sync. You wow. don't fit. <laughs> okay. All right. On to our second uh, question. Uh, there's a growing movement on social media that talks about PTO, commonly known as paid time off, being rebranded as prepare the others. <laughs> and I, I feel like I've seen that around on uh, on several TikToks. I have. Where it's it's yep. definitely the the concept is I'm telling you I'm taking oh, off. Oh yes, I, yes, yes. I don't need your permission. Yep, I'm, telling I'm not you I'm asking not going for permission. I'm right. just taking. Yep. Uh, the letter continues. My team of eighteen has had four members quit in the last quarter, 
because they required time off for various reasons and it wasn't negotiable with them. Unfortunately, I could not have them out on PTO due to the business needs and other people already out on PTO who submitted their requests almost a year ago. How do I connect with my team and have them understand that we're a machine and we can't operate or meet our daily or weekly goals with multiple people out of the office? Well, I know what we do at our company um, is it's not required, but it's kind of just a team thing that we decided to do where we have a shared calendar where we put like first come first serve you put on that calendar you have pto and if it's someone on your team that would in essence be backing you up for that time it's just morally correct to like hey i'm not gonna also be putting pto in on this day because i mean that pto process does go through the management so not everyone sees when you're requesting it but if we have that shared document or shared calendar saying hey Allie's out on June 2nd for her birthday or whatever it is. Like most of the time, if someone's not scheduled, they're not going to be like, oh, well, I don't want her to take like having that shared community and that shared calendar. I see helps a lot because you see how many people are out and it may be the instance where people are requesting the PTO without knowing other people are out. So they're putting it in, not realizing that three other team members have requested it a year ago there's also a a fundamental paradigm shift i think needs to take place at it, it, they refer to the employees as a machine yeah well <laughs> well machines require maintenance mm-hmm. right and maintenance is pto mm-hmm. um so 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 there's that now this i'm taking time and that's it well if you're sick doctor's appointment of course, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Right. But when it comes to like vacation time and how to delegate that, mm-hmm. um, that gets complicated, you know, uh, for managers. So you could do the first come first serve, but then like, OK, you've been with the company for one year. I've been here for 20 and now you're outranking me for vacation time. Well, it shouldn't be looked that way. Just because you're there longer doesn't mean someone who's there a year doesn't deserve a vacation. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not that. But I'm just I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like but that some companies do it based on seniority. And you're saying the specific dates you've chosen. The specific dates, not not whether you can do it. Right. But like, you know, like I think about like in the banking world, the most popular week that you wanted off was the day after Christmas through New Year's, right? That's the that's the time frame that you wanted off mm-hmm. or you wanted the July 4th weekend. There's just certain weeks that are, you know, on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, some progressive companies that I've worked for just essentially shut down Correct. for July 4th week mm-hmm. and they just shut down for Thanksgiving week and they shut down for Christmas week. Mm-hmm. But they also only give you like five other days for PTO for the rest yeah. of the year. That's true. Um, but that, but I, you know, I, as a manager... Um, back in the day, I would do it not by seniority and not by that, but who are my performers? And what was the reason you needed time off? Was it just, mm-hmm. I'm just taking vacation time? Or, you know, if somebody came to me, um, like the, sometimes corporate would say, okay, the entire month of December is blocked out because it's year end and not one person can take a vacation day. Someone's getting married in like mm-hmm. Florida, go to the wedding. Yeah. You know, um, like, you know, sometimes is, you know, I'm going to look the other way, you know, um, I'm not saying that's a good practice, but, you know, I, I, did I get in trouble a couple of them? Yeah. But guess what? My employees, that employee, incredibly loyal, incredibly productive because I under, you know, you had the conversation and you understood. But one of the, one of the new trends though, related to this is this concept of unlimited time off, which a lot of companies- I don't like unlimited. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so for those of you who don't know, basically um, companies now are just saying, you need time off, just take it, put it on the calendar. You have as much as you need, you know? So if you're sick, you know, you take as much sick and and is that there's no, there's no predefined time. Um, Why companies are doing that is if you leave the company, they don't have to pay you out any vacation time you've accrued. That's true. Yep. So, so it's not necessarily for the employee's benefit, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, 
it's also a fantastic uh, recruitment tool to say that when you need time off, you're just going to you're just going to do it. Right. And you're not going to have to worry about whether or not it's there or not or how you're going to have to plan for it or your any of those kinds of scenarios. But there's always that part where people feel um, and this is fascinating to me in the business world. People feel guilty taking their mm-hmm. time off yep. and they're mm-hmm. like, if I'm, you know, they they don't necessarily feel like they're secure in their job, which is fascinating, especially in the climate that we're in today where, mm-hmm. you know, employees are a premium um, and you don't you don't just get rid of them unless they're just not really working out. Um, The idea that you're going to take a week off and you're going to stress about whether or not you're going to come back to a job or there's going to be some critical thing that you missed or, or any of those scenarios uh, they're, they're counting on you counterbalancing unlimited PTO with, yeah, but you might not have a job if you're not here enough and can't get enough done. And that that's going to sit in the back of your brain and you're going to end up taking two weeks of PTO and two day blocks so that you can do doctor's appointments and not doing any kind of, you know, real life unplugging and maintenance for your personal care. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what they're banking on with those kinds of programs. You know, one uh, one point that you made, and I just really wanted to make sure that we get back to this. Um, you mentioned prioritizing based on what the PTO was for. I actually kind of disagree with that. I was making a, a point to to not ask my employees, you know, mm-hmm. what the P, what the PTO was. I very much don't want to know, right? I trust that you're making the decision on what you want to use it for and how you want to use it. And and you know, I don't want you to feel like you have to justify to me why you're taking time off like that's that's your prerogative and so i tried to really keep that mindset um you know when i was in that position you know to to clarify when there was when we the situation in the email when there are two people one the same week gotcha okay. then i would ask those questions right you know so i did i have seen a few things circulating around like christmas and certain weeks and mothers or parents in general are getting put above others because you know they have kids so those kids are on vacation that week where a lot of people are kind of fed up with it it's like just because i don't have kids doesn't mean i don't deserve this time with my family what are your thoughts on that oh it's uh, it's because it's getting worse and worse even on the planes oh I know you bought the seat, but can you can you move so I can sit with my kid? No, you should plan ahead and buy two seats together. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why just because you have kids? It's it's literally everywhere in the workplace. Don't get me wrong; I love kids, so, dogs yeah. more. Yeah. But <laughs> wow! But I in the workplace, people are getting PTO ahead of others per se around holidays because you know the kids have the week off, but. We still have families. We still may have to travel to see our families. And that may be the only time we get to see them. So what what are your thoughts? I'm curious. Oh, I am. <laughs> it might be a touchy subject, but I'm curious. No, I, and probably unpopular opinion. All right, unpopular. I don't care. Yeah. I honestly don't care. I agree. Because here's the thing. Am I understanding and compassionate towards that? Yes, absolutely. There's a certain mentality or I think it's toxic Mm -hmm. um, to the incoming kind of people because they go into um, TikTok, Instagram or whatever, and they see quiet quitting. They see this. They see that. And the more that they watch those videos and like them, of course, what's happening? They're getting fed more of those videos, right? So they think it's like, oh, my God, this is everybody. No, it's really the minority. You're just in an echo chamber and algorithms feeding you what you want to hear, right? In the real world, you know, hey, maybe you have a kid with special needs. Different different ballgame, right? Different ballgame. But... If an employee comes to me like, well, I have kids and I need this week off and that's it. It's like, oh, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in this environment, it's harder to hire somebody. But back in the 90s, it'd be like, OK, see ya. Yeah. See ya. I expect you to be here Monday. If you're not here, no call, no show. Goodbye. Yeah. And no unemployment because you affect because under the, the employment laws, if you don't call, you don't show. 
you're, you're considered a voluntary quit. Yep. And, you know, I, I just want to speak the truth. Yeah. And the larger the organization, the heck of a lot less they tolerate that. Mm-hmm. And you might be like, well, I'm going to get the Twitter army and I'm going to get the can. And it's not as big as you think it is. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's what's feeding you on your feed. So don't fall into that trap because I see a lot of a lot of my students. Well, they're only paying me $15 an hour. So I'm only going to give them 15 hours, $15 of hours worth of work. I'm not putting my energy into this. I'm not putting my effort into this. And Oh, okay. I understand it might not be your career. And I understand you might be underpaid. But there's a thing between your ears, your brain, your mental, the way that you focus. And if you put your your soul, your 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 energies into that, it just creates a a pattern of success. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it, it sounds old timey, it sounds it sounds this, but when you pay that price, there's still a price that needs to be paid to go up the ladder. Right. And that is your commitment, your dedication, and, and the work that you put in. And that, that goes to anything. So, you know, I, I see I see the teenagers that I've worked with. We had a high school camp. Um, yeah, I, I really, I don't, I'm not going to treat the customer right. I don't care. They ain't paying me enough to care. Well, guess what? They ain't going to be paying you very long because they're going to get ready. Exactly. Exactly. Very interesting. But I also wonder how much that behavior goes unchecked too, given the um, given the current labor situation. Well, I mean, so we've kind of bantered around the whole uh, you know concept and idea here. Um, I have to admit, uh, and this this will be a shocker. Um, I am a giant fan of. I don't care. I'm taking my time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I realize that that puts a strain on a business to a certain extent. But mm-hmm. I also think that we live in a world where unless we're talking, you know, hospitals and first responders and things like that, um, whether or not you take, you know, a week off in October to go do something that you want that someone else already had off um, your department store job where you're stocking shelves life is going to go on Mm -hmm. and someone somewhere is going to, you know, have to coordinate that to be picking up the slack and do whatever. But, you know, at a certain point, that's your challenge as a manager to get your team what they need. And when you're just flat out being told, you know, I I have a team of 18 people and nine of them one off for one particular week. Uh, that's going to be a really terrible week for me as a manager, but I'm going to have to figure out how to make it work. Otherwise, I'm going to have nine people out of my team that are going to be gone, and I'm going to have the same problem no matter what. So I'd rather you know, plan for the situation that I know is going to happen and be able to adapt and pivot and show you know, a little bit of forward motion with my employees and making their needs get met so that we talk about it in the future and go, yeah, we're, you guys are fine. We're going to, we're going to figure out a way to make this work. And the rest of your team is going to have to pick up the slack. So when you come back, you should be really thankful that the rest of your team members picked up the slack for what happened. And, you know, I'm going to be out there doing the same thing. Uh, you really, really need to, you know, talk to each other when you're doing these kinds of things. I love the idea of a shared calendar. Yeah. Because then at least, you know, you know, okay, do I really need to, you know, buy concert tickets for Tuesday? Uh, if it's you know, Taylor this Swift, week? yes. Or, <laughs> or Beyonce, I mean. Or instead, can I can I drive another hundred miles down the coast and go to the concert the following week? Uh, mm-hmm. If that's going to make it to where the people that I work with aren't going to have to necessarily be way out out you know, mm-hmm. outpaced and what it is that they're expected to carry as far as water. But there's also a fine line that mm-hmm. goes there too, where, you know, your, your job as an employee is to take care of the, you know, the business, but it's not your business. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's like, Oh, I want you to treat this job. Like it's your business, unless you're getting profit sharing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not your business. And there's a different mentality that, that flows from that. Yeah. And so, 
there's there's always going to be exceptions to you know anything that we've all said around the table today but in general i am a total advocate for this prepare the others mentality where it's like that this is happening and so you know we're gonna need to come up with a plan on how to accommodate however many people are gone and have a conversation about what that looks like as the business is being impacted Mm -hmm. but in the end I want my employees to be engaged and happy mm-hmm. when they're there. I don't want them angry the week that they could have been doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> but the most important thing here is the if you're an employee and you know you're going to take time, as soon as you know, communicate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't wait to like two weeks before I'm like, oh, by the way, in two weeks, now I'm gone. Now your manager doesn't have the time. And that looks bad on you too. So always try and plan in advance. Obviously you can't plan sicknesses or if a last minute doctor's appointment cancellation where they can squeeze you in. Obviously those things are one off, but try and plan in advance. And I want to go back to what you said about you as a manager, which I loved that you said this, I'm going to find coverage for my um, Mm -hmm. team because I've been in plenty of spaces before I got to the corporate world. Well, 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 if you want to take the time off, you need to find your own coverage. And that was my biggest pet peeve. And I was like, it's, it's not my business. And it's like not my job to find my coverage. I'm telling you, I need this day off. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I need to find my own coverage. And that's, I think one of my I biggest am, pet peeves. I am right there with you. There are so many horror stories, especially mm-hmm. in service industry jobs mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, you need, you, you need off next Tuesday. You need to find someone to cover your shift. If, if I was an employee and some random person who also worked at the same company as me said, called me on my phone and said, hey, can you cover this shift? And you're calling me from anything other than the phone in the office? I'm not answering. I'm, well, one, I'm probably, if I'm working as a server, I'm probably not answering the phone ever. <laughs> if, if it's my job calling, yeah. no, I'll, no, I'll click on the news and see if the building's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened to right? me. And then you're like, oh, look, I have tonight off. Um, mm-hmm. But like your rate. The, the idea that they're like, here's a phone list, find someone to yep. cover for you. And then they go and they take that phone list and they just start calling you from their cell phone. And it's like, what? Yeah. What a what an interesting journey into liability are we going? Because there there's a mm-hmm. whole litany of problems that come with that. That's 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 a manager's job. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here on Tuesday. I'm letting you know that that's what it is. And you're like, well, now I have to find coverage for that. That's not the employee who's not going to be there's job. If they're taking to paid time off, they're getting paid. Yeah. They're doing essentially, you know, on the books, they're doing their job. Their job is to not be here that day. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 18 and coaching gymnastics, I remember I broke, sprained, fractured something, my ankle. I was in a boot and on crutches. I couldn't find coverage myself. So I was in the gym on crutches trying to coach these kids. And I said, one, that's a safety issue Agreed. because there's springs in the floor and these crutches that, that I'm going to get hurt and that's going to be a worker's comp case. And two, it's not safe for the kids for me to be trying to spot them on specific things. Luckily, it wasn't like too big of skills, but it, it and that's really when I was like, I cannot like this is not how a business should be run. That's your aha moment. And you're like, that was my aha moment. And I was like 18, 19, maybe like still very young, but I was like, I am in a boot. I've called everyone, like called everyone, (laughs) talk to the owner, like, because it was a small business, talk to the owner, talk to the manager, whatever. Mm -hmm. Care less. Okay. Well, if you don't find coverage, you have to be there. Oh, that's the worst. In a boot and crutches. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get that message out to the world that, you know, <laughs> yes. that's, that's not, that's not your employee's job. That's it's, your, exactly. that's your job as a manager is yep. to mm-hmm. work out the coverage map. Um, all right. Our last question from the box today, uh, box bag. Our last question from the mailbox is <laughs> when I was in my management program at university, we had classes on all sorts of topics but none of them prepared me for what it was going to be like being a frontline manager managing customer-facing employees. 
<laughs> I think we can all see where this one's going. Yeah. <laughs> can, can, can we? Well, uh, I think the executive producer is knocking at the glass. No, no, you're not getting out of this Can't one. Get out of this not one. out of this one. All right. So it continues and says the general public is generally fine, but there are several times a day when someone comes in and is just absolutely rude to my employees. Karen. <laughs> the infamous Karen. What's the male version of Karen? Oh, is it a Chad? I think is it's it Chad? Chad. Uh, we apologize for any nice Karens or, and Chads out there Jake. listening. I thought, or is it a Jake? I thought Jake. Chad was the frat boy. Wiley. It's that's, too, that's Wiley. too close to Wesley. We can't do that. <laughs> that's that's the point. Oh, it's Wesley. Oh, it is oh, Wesley. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. I am gonna go uh, off on you because you. <laughs> well. All right. So. um it uh, rounds out by saying our senior management team in my location has made it clear they feel like I'm being overdramatic when I say we need to have a procedure for de-escalating and asking rude customers to leave the store. I'm stuck. I feel like in college we're told as a manager it's our job to clear hurdles for our employees and give them opportunities to take ownership of situations. But in corporate America, I have no ability to influence anything meaningful. How do I make a meaningful connection to my work when I'm just stuck being yelled at by rude customers who are burning out great employees? Okay. Good question. Really good question. Really unpopular opinion. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and probably really bad advice. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do, do, what, do what anyway? Empower your employees. Agreed. Do it anyway. Oh. Ignore the corporate mandate and do it. The customer is not always right. The cu- the, first People of all, should first not of all, be treated just... the way they are being treated nowadays. So the customer is right when they're a $1.2 billion customer. Right. <laughs> little bit, right. But like, you know, anything that's frontline, customer facing, retail – there, there are people out there who are looking to scam. They're looking to people this. So, so I've always believed, and to this day I believe, you you got to look at are people inherently good or are people inherently bad. And I tend to believe people are inherently good. So if you empower people, they will know where the line is. They're not just going to go out and throw out random people. Now, could I get in trouble with corporate? Let me get my let me get my written warning, and then I'll. You know, whatever we can we can address it, but generally speaking, that isn't rude cost like to the point where like we're asking rude customers to leave. That's assault. Mm-hmm. That assault. is yeah. that is that Absolutely. is assault. That is not that. I don't care what corporate America says. If a customer is engaging in maybe racial epitaphs or they're just cursing in the middle of a restaurant for no reason or they're putting their feet or they're doing like something that's disrespectful, get them out the door. Mm -hmm. Okay, get them out the door, because don't forget, you know, at the end of the day, even if corporate do the right thing. Yes. Do the, it, mm-hmm. there is no substitute for doing the right thing. Agreed. I um I have a story from when I first started in the corporate world. I was backing someone up who was on PTO, <laughs> and um, she she or he didn't finish an assignment before they left. Never communicated with me, whatever. So this client calls me, reaming me out again, right out of college, probably six months into the job innocent innocent little alley with no backbone yet um and every other words a cuss word reaming me out and i literally just froze i froze i had no idea what to do but from freezing and not responding i feel like not responding helps a lot in that situation because these people are looking for a response Mm. they're looking for you to snap back or do something but from the managerial perspective, like I got off the phone, I said, yep, I'll look into it, I'll get it done, I'll get over, blah, 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 like rushing, trying to get her what she wants because again, in my opinion, like she's right, something went wrong, I did something wrong when in fact it was someone else who didn't complete their task. So when I went to go talk to the person who manages the, the account, he called her up right away and said, 
I will not allow you to speak to my employees, no matter what they did, if they did anything wrong, if they missed anything, that is unacceptable. And if you do that again, you will be fired as my client. Absolutely. And I think that was a huge, like I'm still with the company today because like that's how they treat their employees. They, they want the best for us. They want us to excel in our careers and being pushed down by clients like that will not get us to our full potential. And he stuck to his word. Like she called and apologized to me. He made sure you need to call her. You need to apologize. This is not her account. She's backing up X, Y, and Z. I will speak to X, Y, and Z when they come back from vacation and set guidelines, whatever. But you do not speak to her. You apologize right now or you are no longer my client. And I think as a manager, that's so important to stick up because you know that's not how we should be treated. And just because you're in a higher role doesn't mean that those people under you should be treated any other differently. She wouldn't have called him and reamed him out like that. No way. But because I was below that part in my career, they thought it was okay for that. And that's a huge part. Don't take don't take any crap. <laughs> yeah. And even just say, ma'am, or sir, whatever it is, be very calm, cordial, and say, I will not be spoken to this way. If you continue with this level and disrespect, I will be hanging up. Mm -hmm. And if they do, hang up. You know, you, you make a couple of important points there. One is, as a manager, with very few exceptions, I always will back my people. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you're wrong, we're going to have a conversation about that afterwards, afterwards. Yes. but I'm still, you know, we're still going to de-escalate this situation as it's happening right now. Um, but I, I also want to really quickly discuss, I, th I think if I remember correctly, it's the 80-20 rule, right? Where they talk about like 20% of your situation or 20% it takes up 80% of your efforts or something of that nature. So um, if, if your customer is finding themselves in that, you know, taking up 80% of your time, maybe in their in this type of situation, maybe it's time to reevaluate whether or not they're a customer. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I oftentimes, I oftentimes think about what it's like to fire a customer because <laughs> I've done it before. And with, again, very few exceptions, it's been a positive thing. So I'm not saying, you know, you need customers in order to survive, but maybe if you spend your 80% of your time on your quality customers and the customers that respect you and you do good business with, then uh, I think those dividends are going to pay much greater than, than spending 80% of your time with your 20% problematic. I also think that um, anyone who is putting this much effort into thinking about where they are now and where they want to be uh, is at least putting the effort into the, you know, thinking about the right things. And so um, as much as Hank was like, do it anyway, um, that's going to have a consequence. Mm -hmm. And um, your your mindset that you're in right now from the, this perspective is this isn't going to be sustainable. And uh, that is your hint that um, it's time to start shifting gears towards something different. Now, that's not to say that you're like, look, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I'm going to say whatever I need in order to, you know, make my employees happy. And, you know, you're going to fire me because I'm going to tell Karen that she <laughs> needs to pack her stuff up without her receipt and go back outside and, you know, take her attitude with her. And she's going to call and complain to corporate and, you know, everything's going to go downhill. Um, but there's there's opportunity in every interaction that you're having and you know there are going to be customers just like we said before that you know they're there for the scam they're there because they know that the squeaky wheel gets the grease they know that you know you making a scene on the sales floor is seen as something taboo and the you know the business wants that 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 entire interaction wiped off the you know sales floor as soon as possible. So give them whatever they want, get them out the door. Uh, the problem is, is that you know we live in a society where everyone is connected by everything, and it's it's starting, I think, to be prevalent where people are getting called out for this kind of behavior. It's it's happening a lot more frequently, right? It's not. I, I don't know that we could say it's a trend, um, you know, and it, and it, 
tips in, like dips its toe into the cancel culture pool where you're like, you know, look, Karen was having a bad day and she just blew up over socks and she really wanted to return them and didn't have a receipt. And that was the last straw on top of 16 other things. Someone rear-ended her, you know, her, her husband's in the hospital. She's overstressed, overworked. She doesn't know what she, she just, the socks were the thing and the poor person on the other end of the counter just got the brunt of all of it and now you know she's having a rough day sure um but i think that also pairs into you as a customer don't have a right to make anyone feel like they're being assaulted by what it is that you're saying or if assaulted is too much of a word attacked Um, verbally berated, uh, none of those things. The, your your job as an employee is to help the customer, um, and you're not going to do that when the customer is on a hostile footing. And so, uh, as a manager, you know, sure you can step in, at, you know, sooner than later to try and de-escalate the situation and and you know walk Karen back down off the ledge or or Chad or again apologies to all the Karens and Chads out there <laughs> that aren't uh, berating poor employees in their department stores but um, I think it really comes down to you know that this isn't uh, this isn't going to be a long-term thing and the corporate culture that's there is not going to change until the the global culture shifts away from treating service employees negatively just because you can get away with it so it's time to you know inventory what you can get out of your relationship with the employer that you're with see what you can do to you know evolve yourself as a manager while you're there trying your best uh you know stepping in and shielding your employees uh, until you're ready to take your next step and you know being able to identify where these pieces are uh shows that you're already several steps on your journey you know getting ready to move into your next area and so I think that's that's really where you're at. I, I agree, Hank. You should shield your employees and you know walk Karen out the door and tell her you're clearly having a bad day, ma'am. Here's your bag. Here's your items. Have a nice day. We'll be glad to talk to you when you've calmed down. And you know when that blows up in your face, just know that you were the better person. And when you take that story with you into your next interview. Uh, that company is going to look at you differently because you weren't rude to the customer. You just were like, you're not going to berate my employees. And there wasn't a support structure that was available for you to be able to do that. And that's why you're not there anymore. And that's an employee that you want to hire as someone who's going to, you know, put the best interests of your most precious resources, especially during these times, uh, first. So, and to, to, to echo that, just remember, change doesn't happen if good people look the other way and follow a blind corporate mentality. Mm-hmm. Co- corporate culture changes when you do it anyway. You do the right thing. You stand up for your employees. And, you know, I don't know what the guidelines are. And, and like, obviously, there's a lot of detail here. We're there. When I say do it anyway, I, I'm talking more of a listen to your integrity and listen to what you're we know what you know everyone i think has a conscience and they know what's right they might make the wrong decision because of factors they don't know but at the end of the day i think most managers want to make the right decision and they want to be their employees and just remember policy is written by man and policy can be changed policy can be adapted and you got to do what if policy is corporate policy is putting your employees in dangerous situations or being put in situations where they're being assaulted by customers verbally or emotionally abused by customers any good corporate policy anyway Mm-mm. but that corporate policy is not going to change if you just sit there and like will's policy <laughs> you know i mean that that's the downfall yeah so so, so, wow, really? 
All right. I liked that episode. I I, I did too. I actually but, but, really did. I was scared at first. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to ask us who was the first president of Sam. I thought it was going to be like some type of trivia show. <laughs> Three, two, really, one. Patrick, really who was the first president of Sam? Word wait to you. There uh, we go. What, <laughs> okay. oh, 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 he was like, we he's just like, didn't know uh, that. We're just trying to get it out. No, of no, yeah, trivia yeah. question. Yeah, I, I think I think we need to now have a reverse episode where we give Patrick trivia questions. questions. Yes, that, that that that'll be an upcoming family episode. feud version. Oh, absolutely. So send your best Sam trivia questions into uh, to Wesley Lopez at Sam Headquarters dot org dot org to to dinner. And we will have an episode where we torture Patrick with Sam stuff that he does not know. Okay. And if you're interested in having your own management question uh, asked and answered, uh, reach out to us on our uh, any of our social media links, or you can email social at samnational.org. Or you oh. can be you can be like the old timey manager, and you can type it up on a typewriter and snail mail it in. I imagine there's an address somewhere out there on our website. I remember seeing it. You, so you certainly can uh, send old timey manager notes care of the Society for Advancement of Management, uh, PO Box seven eight two zero zero one, Orlando, Florida three two eight seven eight. And I will say, snail mail, snail mail, old timey emails. We'll get bumped up to the front of the line if we actually get one. If if someone actually takes the time to handwrite a note, put a postage stamp on it and mail it, I guarantee your question will get on the air. Support your local post office. Support your local (laughs) government officials. We're going to guarantee the first one gets asked, provided it's... it's, Yeah, because then we'll get like 50... Well. We'll do like four consecutive episodes of just uh, from the mailbag. Written, from yeah. mail question. <laughs> well, the, no, the first one gets read. The rest go into a hopper and we pick them out at random. Sure. Perfect. All right. All right. It's way See, less inspiring. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let, let's make that a corporate policy. All right. I'm Hank. I'm Wesley. I'm Allie. And I'm Patrick. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep your passion for management ignited. Stay curious, stay inspired, and join us again next week as we help you make management make sense. Listening to us every week is a good policy. See you next time. Thank you.